I was once banned from watching The Simpsons uh, as a kid. Why? Uh, I started actually using the word dough in a regular like conversation. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you became Homer. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of The Bay Meets the OC, episode three. Your host, Mel Patel and Mickey Lal. How's it going, everybody? What's going on, guys? So episode three, episode two is out with Mark. Uh, It's a pretty good episode. Talk about a lot of good stuff. I just re-listened to it, uh, I think, about two days ago. And uh, it was pretty good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. How did you feel about episode two? I think it was nice. It was definitely like a... Again, it was our first guest, and it's, it's different because not everyone's ever got to see, understand what a zookeeper's life is like, but it's good. It's giving people a different insight into normal day people, not celebrities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like talking about Mark. It was a pretty good episode. So today we're going to have uh, our buddy, our pal, Matthew, Matthew Deep. Uh, we'll kind of do an intro of him in a little bit. But let's uh, let's talk about some current events. So I know last week we wanted to talk about this, and uh, it took a little while for us to get this episode going. But the Last Dance, the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, or the Bulls documentary, that uh, the last episodes aired last week, and I think tonight, tonight's Sunday, the Lance Armstrong uh, documentary is going to air today on ESPN. But Mahol, tell me how you feel about this Last Dance documentary. I have mixed feelings. Everyone loves it, and I have some parts of where I say I love it because it gives you behind the scenes of what it was like that last season, stuff that people don't know about. Mm-hmm. But it also gave me kind of insights about how Michael Jordan's definitely not everyone's role model, definitely mm-hmm. not somebody everyone, anyone ever wants to be. Mm-hmm. I would hate to be Michael Jordan because just the fact he can never live your own life. Mm-hmm. But I can also see how people wouldn't like him because he's a total dick. What do you mean he's a total dick? I mean, you can see what it says. Uh, winning has its cost. That was mm-hmm. like one of the biggest lines. So winning at, as, a, as, a, as a cost, it means I'm a douchebag to all my teammates. And yeah, we may win, but these guys are pretty much throughout the whole process are going to hate my guts, you know? Yeah, yeah. And some of, some of them said that because of that, they got better and that's why they won. Mm-hmm. But uh, everyone's different of how they should approach, you know, trying to motivate teammates to be successful. And that's in the workforce, whether it's in your professional sports. Um, But I don't think, you know, picking on people or constantly putting them down is definitely going to be a result in them actually, like, being better. Yeah, you know what's crazy is, like, in sports, if you think about it, and this this is a different topic for another podcast, I think, uh, but – in sports, it's okay to like yell and put down people and trash talk uh, to your competitors, right? Whereas in like the business world or in like the real world, right? You wouldn't have like, you know, you wouldn't have someone from Google talking shit to someone from Apple, right? Right there. Or you wouldn't have like someone from Google like higher up, like uh, putting their employees down, like that would not fly by with HR, right? So it's crazy to see how like in sports is like accepted and it's like, Oh, that's greatness. Right. And that's kind of what the last dance was. is that, That's greatness. Yeah. 
Yeah, my big, my big mixed feelings was like, you know, people who were also essential in his success, like Scotty mm-hmm. Pippen and all those guys, they mm-hmm. looked really bad in the documentary. They came across as like people who quit on the team when there was so many parts where they missed out where he was like, if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't have won. And, yeah. and then yeah. he calls some old teammates like Horace Grant, who was also part of their first three titles, he called him a snitch. Mm-hmm. And if you know better than I do, if you sell, if you're telling me secrets or something that's personal to you and you divulge it to somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, that's a huge, like, that's a huge breach in trust. It's a huge yeah. breach in like friendship or brotherhood is what we call it. Yeah. But yeah. to call someone out and call them a snitch like that. Yeah. I mean, and then now you can see, you hear backlash, like Pippen's upset with Jordan. He hates how he's portrayed. Horace Grant calls Jordan a snitch himself. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, this is what Jordan feared when he said this thing got released out. Is what not only people's perception, but mm-hmm. well, how did the other people on the actual documentary think of it? And you already can see it. Like, we all liked it because it gave us background that we never saw. But mm-hmm. the people in it are probably even more upset because they're not being portrayed what they they were hoping to be portrayed as. Yeah, yeah. You know, I actually kind of liked, well, I actually think even more highly of Scottie Pippen now. Well, even before when the Bulls kind of were like winning their championships, even though I was a fan of Michael Jordan and I would buy Jordans because that was like the thing to do. Um, I still always liked Scottie Pippen a little bit more. And like once the documentary came out, I think uh, Steve Kerr says in the documentary is like, yeah, Michael Jordan was kind of, you know, the asshole who would, like, push us. And, like, Scottie Pippen was more like the understanding, like, the supportive brother. Um, yeah, so I thought more of Scottie Pippen, actually. Uh, but I can see how, you know, when he's, like, sat out that one game or at the towards the end of the game or, like, he held out the money or he wasn't saying he was getting paid enough, like, how he kind of seemed like he wasn't for the team. And that can make him look bad. But I thought more of him after that documentary, to be honest. But yeah so i mean again it had mixed bag mixed feelings like you had some parts we didn't like but a lot of it was stuff that we didn't know about and if Mm -hmm. you think about it the fact that social media existed back then at the at the late part of this of that last year it would explode it would be crazy it would have been super crazy it would have been kind of cool uh but you remember how like kobe came out when he was like calling his uh teammates soft he was like y'all soft like charmin yeah and like how that like blew up all over the place like imagine what the stuff that would have came out during jordan like that would have blew up so much more yep yeah yeah would you would you be uh, jordan's teammate during that time if my mentality is just only to win and just win titles then yes but if i'm actually trying to like enjoy my career and how i play and stuff Mm -hmm. I'd probably not want to because (laughs) I probably hate, I would hate playing the game. You know, it's like you're always constantly being, I mean, compared to playing to this person's expectations and levels. Mm -hmm. And if you don't meet it, these guys should chew you out. And, you know, honestly, no matter how many times people say they wish the thing kept going and like they didn't end the dynasty. Mm -hmm. I think that thing had a timeline. I don't think Mm -hmm. that they could have lasted longer than what they did. Mm-hmm. And I don't think no matter how hard people said, oh, they could have won seven or eight or any of that stuff. Yeah. I don't think so. I think they pretty much maxed out whatever they could with that team oh. at that time. See, it's really hard to be consistently winning mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and be successful. And I just felt like, you know, with that kind of person, I definitely would not be able to tolerate it for more than like two or three years for sure. Yeah probably just win one championship with them and get out or something like that 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about Kobe? So what do you think uh, about Kobe? Because Kobe had a similar mentality, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's basically Michael Jordan Jr. I mean, yeah. that's why it's hard for me to ever, like, MJ and Kobe are going to be one and two, but mm-hmm. as far as shooting guards, but as far as players that are likable and you can relate to and want to play with, mm-hmm. I would always want to play with either someone like Magic Johnson or LeBron. Mm-hmm. Like, like, if you want to enjoy your career and be able at the same time win once in a while, mm-hmm. you want to play with those guys. But mm-hmm. if you're going to be always, like, cutthroat and want to do anything it takes to win, then join those guys, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think about it coming out during the time when the, there was no sports? Like the last, what, five weeks that it's been airing, right? Um, there hasn't been a lot of sports. What do you think about that? I think it's given people, like, an opportunity at least, you know, put their mind towards something, like, just kind mm-hmm. of get their attention towards something else because obviously there's just nothing but bad news out there. So this has definitely served its purpose as far as providing the public with type of, you know, information of how things were like back then and what c- people can do going forward if they ever run an organization. Like, mm-hmm. you want to make sure everyone's on the same boat that we're all as a team and not, you know, people fighting over egos and taking credits for this and this and this. Like, you know, yeah. you, could, you could see it throughout the whole time. Like, one person was responsible for organizing it and then MJ's like, well, we played, so we should get credit, right? Mm-hmm. So it was just yeah. a it was just a fight of egos the whole time. So it's like a education for the public and for people out there in the business world that you have to be all on the same page as a team to continue success moving forward. If you're all about one individual playing the whole part of how the whole thing was success, then mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time before it just crumbles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I would agree with that. Like if, for example, during this quarantine, if there were sports, we probably wouldn't, learn too much from the sport it would just been another game but the documentary is kind of cool because it had a bigger impact because there's probably more eyes watching it now and like like you mentioned like okay these are things you can take away you know how phil jackson runs a organization or runs his um you know team or how organization you know the head people you know they should give credit to the those that are the players that are doing all the work right and when they don't kind of blows up like you mentioned uh, so it's a good kind of learning tactic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk about some other current events relating to quarantine. Um, how are you doing over there in uh, in the OC? Man, just uh, another beautiful sunny day out here. Just, uh, you know, can't complain. But mm-hmm. it's beautiful weather with restrictions for some reason. Like you always want to like, man, I want to go to the beach today. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, some of the beaches are open and whatnot, but you don't know what the conditions are like or what are the rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. And so, again, it's uh, definitely, I mean, I I haven't been able to have that much exposure outside other than, you know, try to go golfing and try to keep myself busy with walks. But, you know, I, I would love to be able to do all those other things out there. Yeah. Did they open up anything out there in the OC, like uh, curbside pickup or uh, dining in? Yes. Yeah, so a lot of the retail stores are now slowly starting to open up. A lot of them are curbside only. So if like you want to go to any, not all, not aware of all the major retailers, but a lot of the, some of the stores have been allowed to start opening up curbside pickup whatever they order online is available. And then restaurants, again, those that are opening up, if you have uh, outdoor seating, you have to have a certain rules of how you guidelines showing where you're placing everybody. And they have like city officials checking out to make sure that they're actually following the rules. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And then um, I'm not sure whether or not they've given approval yet to allow people to sit inside bars yet. From what I was told, it's still outside only. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, over here in the Bay Area, well, I'm a little bit outside of the Bay Area. I'm in Yellow County. You know, what I've noticed is that uh, we're supposed to be wearing face masks, and I've been going out to, like, the park to go walk Leia or, like, just go work out or whatever it is. And even when I went grocery shopping, you know, I, I'm noticing a lot of people not wearing face masks. So I'm just like, what is going on? I think in the Bay Area, they're a little bit more restrict on that um, in Yellow County because we haven't had so many cases. I think people are more relaxed. And I'm just like, come on, guys, <laughs> we got to wear this face mask, you know. But yeah, I, I feel like people are not really following guidelines. They maybe are somewhat. It's kind of like a, they're just picking things that they want. Well, I can tell you right now, uh, if you were to go with me to the driving range or any of, of the places I played at, they don't, like, you can go ahead and pick up your balls, but you have to have a face mask on. But as soon as you get on that mat, people just take it off. Mm-hmm. And there's some yeah. places where you go to the grocery store, people don't have their masks on because there's yeah. people that right now are still in denial about this. But yeah, they feel like yeah. this whole thing was a hoax. Yeah. And other people are actually just sick of it, meaning they've just lost their patience and they're like, I don't want to follow these rules anymore. Like, yeah. I'm not sick. Nobody I know or I've been exposed to has been sick. So they're kind of just taking a risk with it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Let's get uh, Matt in this. Um, and so we can ask him a little bit about where he's at, too. Uh, Matthew Deep, do you want to give a little bit of an introduction of uh, who you are, what you do, maybe some things that you like to do? Okay, yeah. So I'm Matt. Um, known these guys since, what, 2006. Uh, used to, twice lived with Mickey. Um, that's <laughs> true near Mole, but uh, never never with uh, and uh, yeah no, we've just just been friends and hanging out and things since then um, so I work uh, I work in tech in information security um, and trying been doing tech for the last 10 11 years and uh, I don't know, it's a cool fun industry for, for what I like mm-hmm. um, so uh, for fun I drink make uh, and think about beer um, and other fermentation <laughs> that's a fact um, and other fermentation products uh, so we do we've done the sourdough thing at home done uh, a, a couple different things like pickles anything you can kind of that's been fun um, mm. and uh, yeah so cooking eating and um, before all this uh, occasionally running a half marathon or something we're, we're kind of how I spent my time mm-hmm. well, that's so awesome have you, have you made any good beers lately I haven't made much. No, I've been, um, I, I started into a new job recently, so I switched companies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that's been the primary focus lately is just, mm-hmm. uh, digging in and getting to know the new environments and, and what that means for like what their standards and processes and all that is. Yeah. Would you ever sell your beer? Like if you made like um, a good batch of beer and like you knew it was like money, like you could sell it, would you sell it? I, I've talked to a lot of the brewers, um, and, I've asked some of those questions. I'm like, okay, how many, like how many solid beer recipes did you have before you started? And generally it's like, you have at least 10, if not 20 recipes that you are proud enough to, that you think will sell. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and the market's really saturated, um, Mm -hmm. especially in Southern California. There are a lot of breweries. Um, And so would it be cool? Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I'll be able to get away with that. Uh, as long as I have to work for money and pay rent. <laughs> yeah, that's true. true. That. Yeah, yeah. 
So no, Matt, 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 make me, Matt, let me just say this. Matt makes really good ciders. Stouts are pretty – like, he makes pretty good beers once in a while, but his ciders are pretty good. I'll say that. Hmm. They're, they're very easy. That's part of the, the trick. They're, they're stupid easy. It's, uh, <laughs> if anyone is ever interested in just making a booze, I highly recommend hard cider because it, it is so easy. It's juice, uh, a yeast, uh, a clean container to house it in, and then the hardest part afterwards is getting it into bottles. So, like – that's and the cool thing is you can add or change things based on that and it does it, it's a cool vehicle for uh for, for experimenting mm, okay so matt tell us a little bit about um how the whole quarantine COVID 19 is kind of affecting your area you used to live near huntington beach too right yeah i used yeah. to live in huntington beach um yeah. so uh, fortunately so for both me and uh my wife, um, we've been able to work remote and it hasn't really impacted. In fact, I was, again, able to switch jobs during the middle of this. Um, and I worked remote at the old job uh, before I left and I have been onboarded and I'm working remote on the new job. So I have spent zero hours in my new office here in Irvine um, mm -hmm. since I started, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of cool and interesting and weird. Um, yeah. So like, I don't know, I, I have... Uh, some family who's a little at risk and um, they're not terribly healthy. So this has been, it's been a serious thing for me. So um, mm -hmm. making sure and getting groceries and things to, to my dad and grandmother um, limiting. So it's hasn't been hard for us to kind of follow the, the shelter in place and do that fortunately. Mm -hmm. But um, it, it's definitely a new, it's a, it's a new way of living. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a serious thing. Um, again, we have almost 100,000 deaths in the United States that are recorded. Um, yeah. That's a lot. That's yeah. Um, again, you want to put it in terms of 9-11 uh, was 3,000 people passed from that. Um, yeah, that's, you have, uh, that's a whole lot when you put it in those terms, yeah. Uh, the same thing with U.S. soldier deaths in wars, again, are dramatically lower than that, like two to three. So you're talking, it's, it's, it's a bigger deal. And again, living in, having lived in Huntington Beach, um, there's a very particular type of person that does not like to be told what to do and doesn't know how to process that, mm -hmm. especially when there's not an immediate threat. Again, it's easier when we have strong leadership from all the way up top saying, this is the state, this is what we must do. And this is, you know, we do it for the betterment of the country. And instead we have this, we, we don't have that, we lack that. And so mm -hmm. it's fallen on local leadership whether it's california whether it's your county or your city to step in that way and then be criticized for doing so it, it's a rough situation um and oh, i, I think I you got some uh, background noise going on out there uh, sorry about that it's probably yeah. one of my beats yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. matt matt um i know a couple weeks ago so the governor of california um, you know, he was saying that, okay, we're going to shut down some of the beaches, like Huntington Beach was one of them, yeah. right? Because um, he noticed that there was a, a bunch of people out and about on the beach on the weekend and people took I photos. and 40,000 is what they estimated. Yeah, that's it's a whole a lot. Holiday weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, what, what do you think, what's happened since then? And are people like kind of following the guidelines? Because I know he said that not all beaches are shut down, but just like mm -hmm. some of those beaches that were kind of photographed or that were on social media that people took pictures of and stuff like that. So what do you think the people are doing now? Um, well, I think they've 
again, I know it's been mixed on what's actually open. I think Orange County released some more information yesterday that I haven't mm -hmm. quite caught up on, mm -hmm. um, where they're starting to allow again retail and restaurants to open. Um, the beaches are what they are. I know people have been going to them anyways. Um, mm -hmm. So, and I, I think a lot of people who are willing to go and do that aren't terribly interested in following the guidelines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sucks, man. That sucks. Because like, I understand, like, mm -hmm. you want to get out. I get it. I feel the same way you want to get out. But like, if we're going to get out, let's try to do it safely. You know, let's maybe either try to do it at a time where there's not that many people. That's what I've been doing. Like, if I'm going to go out for a walk, I'm going to go like really early in the morning or, you know, maybe late, late in the evening where there's not that many people. So you don't have these large crowds, right? But yeah. 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 Well, I, I don't know. I, I work in security and part of that is because I believe people are terrible and <laughs> it's, it, it, when you, when you live on the assumption that people are terrible and are going to do terrible or stupid things, then it's yeah. just, it makes everything make sense because it's just, there's, it's in self-interest. It's okay. Yeah. And until it, until it directly impacts me, I don't care. Yeah. And Man, the same well, thing happens in my industry. So. We're going to get so many more listeners now. You people listening are terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, all of them. Every one of them. Every one of them. Three people on this, in this phone call are terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, we probably have like five people listening total. So they're all terrible and they're all our friends anyways. <laughs> hey, don't deter other people from coming on this podcast. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> oh, you, can still be, you can still do good things, but you'd be terrible. You can still have good components, but yeah. Yeah. It's again, self-interest, right? As long yeah. as it aligns with your self-interest, people will do the right things. Mm -hmm. It's easy and it's, it's uh, you know, low, it's low, if it's easy. If it's easy and it's more work to do a worse thing, then they'll mm -hmm. do the right thing or they'll do the good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's move on from current events and let's get to the, the Mickey stupid questions. I have some good ones for you, Matt, that I was thinking about for uh, a couple of weeks now. I've been excited and terrified about this. No idea. All right. So let's start with uh, maybe an easier one, an easier stupid question. I guess it's not really that stupid of a question. And this is for both of you guys, for you, uh, Matt and Mahul. Um, so what is your favorite cartoon, like adult cartoon TV character, or even cartoon show, adult cartoon show? What are, what are your guys' favorite adult cartoon character or show? Can you think of one, Mohol? Uh, I would say Peter Griffin from The Family. From uh, Family Guy? Why? Why uh, Peter Griffin? Family. I just think that from the standpoint, like, you, you just see all different parts of his character being portrayed in different environments. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like each and every one of them just is funny. Mm -hmm. I mean, him and Homer and from The Simpsons are definitely my two characters. Yeah. They're uh, both... Every man. Like every man, they're both like the the dad, the like the stupid dad that does random things kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Matt? Um, okay, I, I'm trying to torn between. Like I, I got onto uh, Castlevania was a really good series on Netflix. Um, mm -hmm. I enjoyed, but I think I'd probably have to go uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender, mm -hmm. um, and and maybe Sokka. You like Sokka the most, okay. So I, I would debate if that's a, a real adult cartoon show. I guess it is. It's like really? a lot. It tackles what? a lot of very adult, like a very mature things. We'll say that. It is, 
it is consumable for children. It is perfectly fine and acceptable, but there's a lot of, of solid content behind it. There is a lot, a lot of good life lessons from there. Yeah. Moho, why did you say really? Well, I mean, I guess it's just though, sometimes when you see the portrayal of it, I guess I, I, I sometimes don't see, again, I didn't see the whole series, so I can't say it's not a, an adult series. You know, you need to get on that, man. You need to get on that. I don't know, Netflix. man. And even well, so, like, the thing is, like, it was on Nickelodeon, so I've always viewed Nickelodeon as like, only for kids, right? But then when people tell me SpongeBob is also known as notorious for not for, for being inappropriate for kids, so I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, maybe. What is Shrek? Maybe that, yeah. Is, is Shrek a kid's movie? Yes. Is it? No. Yeah, it's totally. There's no, it plenty. Is. Of, uh, but there is a lot of a content for adults. Yeah. Yes. You know, one of my professors, uh, he would tell me that, like, uh, The Simpsons, the reason why everyone loves The Simpsons is because there's three different layers of The Simpsons, right? There's the, the cartoon, the colors, where kids love the colors, right? The bright colors. And then they have, the, like, you know, Lisa and Bart and Maggie and kids like the kids on there, right? And then the second layer is like the simple jokes that like we all get, like the general population will get, right? Like it'll be a joke about President Obama or be a joke about something that's relevant, right? Like pop culture. And then the third layer of it is like they have these like really historical or like um, very like in-depth, like you have to know your like, knowledge about these jokes like it flies over i know it flies over my head because i was like what what are they talking about there but like the people who are like really really smart they get that too so you know i can see them having shows like avatar for example it's like it's a kid's cartoon but it's like you know there are these things in there where like a kid's not going to understand it where adults might understand it a little bit more yeah yeah i get some good lessons so actually fun fact i was once banned from watching the simpsons um as a kid why uh i started actually using the word dough in a regular like conversation <laughs> you became homer <laughs> I, I i started like that was it like, i watched too much tv as a kid and at a certain point like mom was like okay you can't like you need to like tone it back and when i yeah. was like eight or so yeah. and, and she caught me like unironically using dough like to mm-hmm. express frustration and she was like okay that's it no more simpsons you're done we're yeah. over it. Back to Animaniacs and Pinky in the Brain. That's all you get now. <laughs> and it was because she liked to watch it too. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Forgot about Animaniacs. That was pretty good. Oh, that was a killer show. Yeah. I've yeah. heard rumors they, they've thought about bringing it back. Yeah. That was classic. Pinky in the Brain and all those guys. Yeah. I don't know about shows coming back because they brought back uh, Powerpuff Girls and it was uh, okay. It wasn't that I, great compared I to the original. Watch, but I, I heard. Like uh, the Teen Titans, right? They they brought that back. Dude, that's another good show, man. You should watch that. <laughs> if you're, if we're talking about adult content, that show has a lot of adult content. It's hilarious. Uh, no, I I didn't. I never watched the Go version. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard it it got okay or better, but I, I wasn't interested. But the the Teen Titans t- uh, cartoon show that was fantastic. Yeah, there's a. There's a, a Harley Quinn show out there, too, that is, like, legitly for adults. Like, there is a lot of F-bombs. There is mm-hmm. the C-word. I was like, whoa. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it's very adult. Um, we will not say those words on this show. <laughs> okay, good to know. Good to know. You can if you want to. I mean, we'll just okay. cut it out or something. 
Um, Trying try to cut back. What about Uncle Iroh? You don't like Uncle Iroh? Oh, he's amazing, but he's like de facto like the best character. Like, you yeah. can't. Everybody yeah. loves. Well, because he's he's the I don't know. He's the most human character. Like, yeah, he's the yeah. best character. He's just the best. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing is he's just so unattainable, unattainably good mm-hmm. that it's it's hard to I don't know uh, vibe with him. Like, it's like okay, yeah, you're up here and I'm down here, and like. I, I want to learn from you and be like you, but at the same, I'm not I'm not going to be that. Yeah, yeah, you can't relate to him as much. I that's my favorite character of all time of any show. I think even regular human shows, even Game of Thrones. Uh, I think I like Uncle Iroh the most. Well, well, you need to get on that, man. It's on Netflix. Yeah. You need to get, watch it. What's the show called again? Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh, oh. <laughs> Matt just made a face like, "What the hell are you smoking, <laughs> man?" <laughs> All right. All right. Next question. Um, so in your kitchen, what is the most useful item that you have in your kitchen, either an appliance or whatever it is? What's the most useful? Like if you didn't okay. have it in your kitchen, you would just be like, this is not a complete kitchen. Okay. For this month in particular, for the mm-hmm. month of like end of May, early June, mm-hmm. I had to, my wife had to convince me that we needed to buy this thing. It was just like, there's no way it's a waste of money. It's trash. There's no reason we should own this. It's a cherry pitter. Um, what is a cherry pitter? So it's a, weir- it's a weird little tool where it's got a handle. It's like a clamp thing where there's a little long kind of needle, like pokey metal bit, and a little a holster that you put the cherry in, and then you just press down, and the spike goes through the cherry and pushes out the seed. Oh, wow. And so it is uh, – cherries are one of my favorite fruits, and it is cherry season right now. So in the – they're best early on. So if you haven't gotten them and you like them, they're, they're out now on the shelves. So does a cherry stay intact? Yeah. It's, you basically get a cherry with a little hole in it. So like, have you had, again, you have maraschino cherries or other things where they don't have the pit, but mm-hmm. they have like, they're hollow, like mm-hmm. olive. Mm-hmm. It looks the same. Okay. I actually have it here. Oh, wow. You just keep it right by you. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah. yeah no, so right <laughs> now for the next... <laughs> Uh, two weeks, three weeks, this is my most important thing. So we'll have yeah. cherry pies. We'll have all that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> what about you, Mahul? What's the most useful item in your kitchen? Uh, <laughs> I think it'd probably be the apple slicer. The one that you can probably use slice pears and all that stuff. Like it's a quick, like, you ever use that utensil basically just to cut up yeah. the apple pieces and pears and whatever? This is the you one want. you push down. Like yeah. you put yeah, the apple course. and you push yeah. it down. Yep. Yeah, That's man. The one I, I can't eat apples like just like that. I need them cut up or sliced. Like, so I, yeah, I guess that's pretty useful. No, I used to use just eat the whole apple itself. Yeah. Like I'd eat fruits like the way just the regular stuff, and then my wife would just tell me, "Hey, why don't you just slice it up? It's a lot better." And I'm yeah. like, "All right, let's try this." Like, yeah. Whoa. This is not bad. Yeah. Did you know you can eat every single piece of the apple, like even the seeds and the stem? No. Have cyanide. What was that? Like trace. I thought the seeds have like trace amounts of cyanide. I think they're still edible. You can still eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can and should. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you can't eat like you know toxins, but you know. I I could eat my leather shoes, (laughs) but you know. I would say the most useful thing in my kitchen, either the microwave or the stove, I think I would not be able to 
we had our microwave out for a couple of weeks and we we're just like well we didn't really use the microwave before that but when we had it out we we're just like oh man i wish i could use the microwave right now and like just the the whole like we don't have it kind of deal we yeah. want to use it more um don't appreciate it till it's gone yeah yeah i need either one i need a microwave or a stove if i don't have either one then i'm just like screwed i don't think i can function yeah same here what's the least useful thing in your kitchen right now as of july a cherry pitter <laughs> <laughs> that's all funny in a couple of months it's gonna be so useless <laughs> Is that really it? Uh, I'm gonna think about it, but that's just like I'm remember, thinking for a second. Remember when you and Josh lived together? Didn't you guys have something that was just like not useful that Josh bought? You remember what it was? I, I, I came around. No, no, it was the breakfast sandwich maker, and I thought it was the stupidest thing in the world. Yeah, there we go. But then you came around, right? Yeah, yeah. It cooked the eggs, and you made that like you you crack the egg in like the little center bit. It heats up the buns at the same time in the sausage patty or whatever, and like. Yeah. It does the whole breakfast sandwich. It has one use. It makes breakfast sandwiches mm-hmm. and it makes them okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. If it's, it's convenient and it's cool and it's gadgety. Um, I still have it actually. It's, it's, oh, wow. It has not come out of its box in about three years. <laughs> it's so definitely who, not using it anytime soon. Whose was it? Was it yours or was it Josh? Who bought it? I don't even remember. I, I'm assuming Josh bought it. So I don't even know why I have it. You think, um, you think Josh wakes up every day and is like, hey, I wish I had a sandwich maker right now, or a breakfast sandwich maker. I'm, I'm fairly confident he's bought it three times by now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he's bought it, he's like, got rid of it, so he's bought it again. <laughs> That's hilarious. What about you, Behold? Least useful item in your kitchen? Honestly, we've been using pretty much everything we have right now. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, if you that's for me we've been using our oven using our microwave stove top everything and then mm-hmm. she has her coffee maker that she uses once in a while mm-hmm. uh we've got big news to tell you all guys we'll sh- say that for the end of the show and yeah mm-hmm. so we've been uh, using everything have, you have like a stand mixer do you have any like the big bulky like tools that you just make no for you for your wedding or anything no no stand no. mixer no no, no. Uh, anything that like juice makers or anything like that, we've been yeah. using it time to time. So it's not like we just totally okay. throw it away and not use it. So, mm-hmm. so me and Monica bought this uh, blender um, when we yeah. first moved in together, and so we like to blend like cold fruit, like frozen mangoes, and that thing would not blend anything. It would just like leave us like in our smoothies, like lumps of mangoes or bananas or whatever it was. <laughs> So I think that would be the least useful thing that we have. We upgraded. Well, actually, we just stole her parents' blender. But <laughs> that's an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, it's an upgrade. It's a little bit more powerful. But yeah, we just have this blender that's just like, it's trash. And we can't return it. Well, we can. But since quarantine happened, we were like, okay, we're not going to go to Target or return it. So I guess that's the least useful and maybe the most money that we spent that we're not actually using on something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna go on to our next section. We're gonna grow today or do our personal growth today. Uh, I have a couple questions. We might just do two questions for this one. Um, the first question, so I guess this is more catered towards you, Matt, but Mohul, you can definitely answer this too. Uh, you have these like super deep friendships. When I mean deep friendships, I mean like you have friends that you've been friends with since high school 
And you still play, uh, don't you, every Thanksgiving? I don't know if it's going to happen this Thanksgiving, but every Thanksgiving, don't you play football with, like, your high school buddies? Uh, yeah, we've been doing it since, I'm trying to think. It's like 16, 17 years now. Yeah, that's a long time, yeah. man. Uh, <laughs> that's tradition. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last year was a bit uh, sad because of it was very heavily raining. Um, but, um, the, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that one uh, for yeah. this year. But, uh, I mean, the goal would be to try and do something. Yeah. So my question is, like, um, how do you make these, like, deep friendships? Or how do you maintain these, like, deep long-term friendships? I, I think it's more about maintaining. Like, the making is, is I won't say it's the easy part. Um, the, the maintaining is where I wouldn't even say it's hard. It's just continuing and continuing to put in effort and just reaching out. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've, <clears throat> so I grew up moving around a lot as a kid. I moved, uh, I've lived in seven states, I think, something like mm-hmm. that, um, or did that between uh, just birth and like seventh grade. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, when I got in and settled in, in California and in the Pasadena area, um, it was kind of a like, okay, I'm here. I don't think we're going to be going anywhere massively different anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like, I, I, by that point, I had learned the importance of having friends and, and holding on to that. And I had a lot more value behind that. And I mm-hmm. think that's helped push me towards just maintaining that because like I said, I don't think it's hard. It just takes a little time. So like when I was commuting more often or when I, when I commute more often for work, I just try and pick a day and call somebody on my way home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's just a, even if it's a 15 minute phone call, it's just like, Hey, who am I thinking about today? Or who, who haven't I caught up with and just going through and like, how are you? How are you doing? How is your life? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to chime in on that. He actually did that not too long ago. He called me up and he checked on me to see how I was doing. And I do have a deep connection with Matt. Just And you just look at his shirt that he's wearing right now. It happens to be the one that I gave to all you guys during my bachelor party. So that shows you how much love he has for me uh, and how much love I have for him. But he's not pandering at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you knew what you were doing. You knew you were coming on this show. <laughs> no um yeah he checked up on me to see how i was doing we had caught up with and just made sure everything's okay how's his wife doing how's my wife doing and how our families are doing during this time and it just felt really good to hear from him i really really appreciated it yeah and i and i I feel like it's it's even more than just like catching up or remembering someone right because it's like you want to do it and i think that's kind of what fosters that friendship is that hey i want to know how this person is doing i want to talk to him i want to hang out with them right i i actually had that as a kind of a problem recently um so there's a a guy who was working with um who i liked it you know i enjoyed spending time at work with he's a cool guy um Mm -hmm. And we saw each other outside of work, like for a beer or something a few times. And this kind of like kept going on like, oh, I really like him. Tim's, Tim's a cool guy. It's like, no, I don't want another friend. I have enough friends. I can't keep up with how many I have. <laughs> I, I don't want to be emotionally invested in another person's <laughs> success. Like, yeah. and it's just like, oh, it's too late. Now we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> I hope Tim listens to this podcast, man. I'll send it to him. He's literally going to call you right back and say, you asshole. You don't want to be my friend. No, we are not. I didn't. But But no, that's that's another great point you uh, bring up, too, is that 
like making friends, like you mentioned, it's not necessarily easy, but you know, it can happen pretty quickly. Right. And then just kind of knowing that maybe more isn't always better. Like if you have a ton of friends or if you're very popular, you know, you might not have these really deep connections with those friends. Right. So sometimes even just dialing it down and saying, you know, I'm really just going to focus on this group of people or the friends that I have. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's not quantity. It's about quality. It's the yeah. type of people that you're actually going to really, oh, if you have like I chose a bunch poorly. of, stuck with you assholes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay. Sorry, carry on. Uh, no, I was say you can have like, you can have 50 friends, but if you like only like 10 of those people or the only ones who called you or check up on you, you really have deep connections with then you question what the actual friendship you have about those other 40 people you are there, you know, yeah, are they yeah. acquaintances or are they actually friends? You know, yeah. there's a fine line. I feel like. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, it's also crazy to think, Matt, you're kind of like in the, the center of um, like all these friendships that we have. Right. So if you think of like, okay, you know, everyone that lived at FT, like me, you, Mahul, uh, Mark, uh, Derek. Right. And then you have, you know, the Monterey crew or the Seaside crew, right? Where you have like Josh and Earl. And then we have like a bunch of other people now. Even some of our friends got married to the Seaside crew, right? So it's just like, it's like crazy to think that like you make a couple of good friends and then you end up making even more friends around that. Yeah. All right. Cool. So next question. Passion. So Matt, you are like, you get super passionate about things. Like you become a hardcore fan or like, if you don't like something, you are just like, that is the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> like, yeah, where do you, where do you find this passion for things? Like, how do you, um, how do you like say, okay, this is something I like, you know, like, for example, I'm sure if there was like a, a movie or like uh, something you've been keeping up with, you would probably go to like the premiere of it, like at 12 o'clock at night, right? You wouldn't wait until the next day. I, actually, I don't. Really? Okay. Not usually, no. Not with not unless there's other people driving it. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. For entertain, but entertainment's not necessarily a passion of mine. So like movies and videos. So, but mm -hmm. certain things, yes, I'm much more like mm -hmm. uh, I'm more hot and cold. I think you described it pretty accurately. Like I'm either I'm either on board and I am on this train and we are going to the destination and I'm in it, or eh, just I don't even care. Yeah. So where do you find that passion from? I find it. Um, I just care too much, Mickey. I just care too much. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. But do you find that that can be useful in other aspects? Like when you're that? Oh, I, absolutely. It's, it's been, I think, a critical thing for me in my career um, is, uh, from my perspective, giving a shit about the work I'm doing and wanting to be valuable, wanting to add value as a person, employee, you know, professional um and so i have to say i have some of the same problem where you know work that doesn't really excite me it's, it, it gets back burner too much but um but the stuff that i am like i will i will drive and i will push and i will uh i will make it happen because i want to see it mm -hmm. um, so yeah yeah what about you mahul where do you find the passion for things Mahul's a passionate person Mahul's very passionate <laughs> Especially if you I mean, play sports with him, man. Oh, or watch sports with him. Dang. <laughs> I don't know. It's that excitement. It's that sudden excitement you get when you do something right. And mm -hmm. you're just like, oh, I want to do it again. So, like, if you 
play any sport that you like, whether it's basketball, when you make a shot, you get excited. You feel like you're, you did something right. You want to do it again. Mm-hmm. You play, like you hit a perfect golf shot and it goes in the air and it gets close to the hole. Like, wow, I just did that. I want to do it again. Mm-hmm. And this sudden drive starts wanting you to do it again and again and again. And he's striving like, I think I could do this. Let mm-hmm. me try to practice and get better. Mm-hmm. And for me, you just muted yourself. You lost him. Moho, you muted yourself, man. You're just yeah. it was dead air. <laughs> okay, oh, okay. Shoot. Did I just mute myself again? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna count it down. That way, we, there's a little break between, and then just okay. continue what you're saying. All right. So. Okay. So, like, my passions basically come from like, if I do something good, I want to do it again, and it's like that strive that you want to be better. I guess it's like that competitiveness. So, like, people who are competitive want to be good at everything. Until like someone comes along and says you're not good at it, or or someone just shows like maybe I'm not the best at this. Maybe I should just do this as a hobby and have fun. But that's how I approach things. So when you Is get that how you got Priya? Hey, don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so when when you get <laughs> when you get competitive. Now, is your mindset, and this is kind of like sports psychology, is your mindset that I want to be the best at this, or is it that I want to improve at this? Both. I want to be able to get better. At the same time, I do want to win, you know? Mm-hmm. But then, like, you, you and I talked about this earlier in the show, it has a cost. Like, if you don't learn how to play properly with people, people don't want to play with you. Mm-hmm. People are going to think you're a jerk, and then you will learn how what it's like to be, like, hated and no one wants to play with you yeah so it humbles you yeah so like that's Every- why i gave up playing basketball <laughs> dude i remember everyone hated when i get mad you're like dude shut up you didn't do this right either so why are you yelling at me you know i liked playing basketball with you it was hella funny because you because i'm a big guy right and like the people we would play with are usually smaller than me and you would be like go in the key and i'm like no i'm a shooter give me the ball out here you'd be like go in the key get your ass in the key <laughs> It was hella fun. But yeah, yeah, I could see that. It's like you want to win and you want to improve at the same time. Yeah. yeah. That's the, the reason why I ask you guys that is sometimes um, there are things that I'm passionate about, but sometimes I feel like I lack that motivation. And it's like hard for me to find where that passion is, right? And I think you guys talked about this a little bit. It's like finding the why or like how can I improve at it or like Kind of what you mentioned, Matt, it's like, hey, this is something I really like. I need to drive it. I need to put the effort into it kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, it's, it's finding value. I, I think that's a big factor is like if you don't mm-hmm. see any value in it as an outcome or as a, even an action, then mm-hmm. why do it? And that's yeah. where kind of that hot and cold. Like I, I struggle to do things that I just don't see much value in, even if they need to get done. Yeah, yeah. So, so when you find something like, let's say, like for me, you know, like I used to watch wrestling all the time and like you would say, you know, there's no value in wrestling. It's like, it's an act, right? It's a, a adult soap opera or a, a men's soap opera, basically. And so yeah. you would be like, that is the stupidest thing ever. Why are we watching this, right? I, I, I didn't get it. I just didn't, I didn't find the value or the joy in it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it just didn't appeal to me. And that's, that's the thing. Everyone has a different sense of what is valuable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. true. Yeah. Cool. So we did our, our growth. We did our stupid questions, did our current events. I think we're going to wrap it up for today's show. Uh, before we wrap it up, 
Matt, who do you think our next guest should be? Uh, last time we asked Mark and he suggested that you be our next guest. So you have the honor of picking our next guest, someone who can actually call and get on. So. <laughs> I, I would nominate Earl then. Earl? Okay, we can do Earl. Yeah, yeah. I was happy you would say. One. I was hoping you would say Derek because we kind of told him he would be on episode four. But <laughs> we'll get Earl. Should we reset? I'll just be like, I think Derek would be the most valuable person. <laughs> oh yeah, let's do Derek then. Yeah, perfect. Oh okay. <laughs> now somehow we're gonna have to incept Derek to pick Earl as being our next guest <laughs> after. Him. We we can let him know that. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll end the show, and then next week we'll try to get our, our buddy Derek on. And uh, thanks, Matt. I for being highly here. recommend you bring Derek on. He will yeah. be a fantastic addition to your podcast. Yeah. Not that other guy. Well, who's that other guy? We already forgot who, who that was. No, there's <laughs> nobody but Derek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, it was good talking to you guys, so I'll talk Thank to you guys you. later. This was fun.